welcome to Addiction Mastery, the podcast hosted by me, Amanda Lockyer, where we are having the conversation of what addiction looks like from the other side, and that is the impact on families and spouses. We are leading with kindness. Hello, hello. So a bit of a bonus episode. And we are going to get into laps and relapse. And why is it a bonus episode and why are we talking about this? It is a bonus episode because I, myself, have just had a lapse. So I thought it would be timely as lived experience and very much in the now happening to talk to it because some of this stuff might surprise you and I'm hoping that you take something away when we're talking about lapse and relapse and also when we're talking about lapse and relapse thinking in our changes we're making ourselves that change is hard okay change is hard and so this is a whole topic that I speak to in the coaching program We spend a whole session on it because it is so important. And surprisingly, when I'm talking about it in my coaching program, I'm talking about our lapse and relapse, the lapse and relapse of the loved ones who are impacted by another person's addiction. Okay, we lapse and relapse too. So I will get into kind of what has happened in my world but I want to rewind the tape a little bit for some context for those that might not know this. And I think it's interesting, you know, this is new to you, but also this is anybody. It is not just addiction. And usually we think of the terms lapse and relapse really in that addiction space and really focused on the person that is kind of navigating recovery and it is not the case. So I think this is a great time to kind of pull back the curtains a bit on lapse and relapse to lend compassion to others who are trying to make change, acknowledging that it's hard, but also to give some of that compassion to yourself. If you too are trying to make change in your life, recognizing it is not easy. Okay. And We'll get into it a bit more. So a bit of a bonus episode. This was not what I was planning to kind of speak to this week. I just thought I was going to spend 10 minutes on Instagram stories talking about it anyway. So I might as well put it in the podcast, get it out there into people that are not just on Instagram. First of all, what happens? Okay, how do we get to a lapse and relapse? And You only get to a lapse and relapse if you are actually trying to make changes in your life. A good way to think about it is a nice little model called the stages of change. This is a great little model that a bunch of clever psychologists have identified that there are actually five stages that people go through when making changes. And this is Anybody, anybody who is making changes in their life go through these stages. Where do we start? If you have sat 
in the virtual coaching room with me, you will have heard me say many, many times, change is not an event. It does not happen overnight, unfortunately. Okay. It is a process. It is a journey and there are going to be high days and low days. It is going to require hard work. It is going to require effort. It is going to require being intentional. Okay. And when we are trying to make changes in our lives, we are trying to make life more manageable. We're trying to make life better. That being said, there are five stages and the stages of change. Now, it is easier, I would say, to think about this in the context of someone who has some problematic behavior and how they go through these stages and then once you can kind of map it out with that behavior you can then translate it to like literally anything that you're trying to make changes with or not in your life first stage is pre-contemplation pre-contemplation can also be called denial sometimes at this stage you do not think you have a problem with your own behavior you believe truly that you're in complete control of the situation and there is no issue, okay? There is absolutely no issue. So as an example, you might search your spouse's car every second night. You might look at their phone, scan through the messages, scan through emails, scan through missed calls, and you think that's fine. Okay, there is no issue, right? Okay, so that is denial. Nothing going on here, nothing to see. Let me just say as well, when you're in denial, when you're in pre-contemplation, no one is seeking support for a problem they don't think they have. So if you are checking your loved one's email, bag, work computer, you're diving into your trash, you're sniffing shirts, and you think that is like completely not an issue, you're not messaging me saying, Amanda, I need help because you don't think there's a problem with that, right? No issue. That is denial. And it's easy to think about denial on the other side of the fence, having so many drinks a night, doing some lines at a party, gambling $3,000 on a weekend. It's fine, right? No issue. So no one is seeking support for that because there's no issue. You do not seek support for a problem you don't think you have. So that's stage one, pre-contemplation or denial. Then stage two, contemplation. You're beginning to kind of reflect on your behavior and wonder if it is serving you. Is this behavior helpful? And you might start to question some of your behaviors and think, what else could I do here? So you're contemplating that what you're doing might not be great. Maybe you're recognizing some follow-on consequences in your life and you're thinking, maybe I could do something else here. So that's the second stage, contemplation. Third stage, we're going into preparation. Okay, you have thought about your behavior and what you're doing, the decisions you're making, how you're conducting yourself. And you have decided that this behavior does not serve you. And maybe you've decided this behavior doesn't serve you, doesn't serve the people around you. It is not overly helpful. Here, 
you have decided that you want to change. So what do we do here? We begin to think what we could do instead. We have a new plan, some strategies. We think about the support that we might need, the people we might need around us, and we think about the changes we're going to make. What are we going to do instead? And then in the fourth phase, we are in action. Okay, we are doing. At this stage, we are putting our plans into effect. And you are recognizing and looking at your new behavior and working out kind of what is working well and what's not working out so well. You're tweaking the plan. So you made a plan in preparation. You put it into action. And here you're thinking, great, this has worked. This is not working out quite so well. So you tweak it. But you are actively changing. You are in action. If you can visualize me now, I'm like flexing my arm muscle. You are doing it. You've got the plan in place and you're actively working towards your new behavior that better serves you. And this stage, just FYI, is a lot of effort. But please do not be deterred because it will not always be this hard. Truly. Over time, the effort will be less because this is just how you are now. Okay, it is just how you are. So a lot of effort at the start, which can be a big deterrent to people. They can give up. But I promise it will not always be that way. It will be less effort over time and it will be a reflex. Right, so done the first four stages. The fifth stage is maintenance. And this is what I was just talking about. Things do not seem so hard anymore. It's not as difficult to not do those things that weren't serving you. You're making better decisions, more helpful choices, and you're becoming kind of more intuitive to like what's going on, what you need to do, what the next good step for you to take is in these situations that pop up. And here in maintenance and sometimes often even in the action phase, you are beginning to see the benefits of change that you're making. So you're beginning to see how good you feel when you aren't in someone else's phone, breaking their privacy, checking messages that are not addressed to you. You're beginning to feel good about not diving in your own trash every night, searching someone's car. You're beginning to feel good about not having that tracking device on someone's car that they didn't know was there, okay? amazing we're in maintenance we feel good it's not as hard anymore we're seeing the good changes and amazing however we have our friends lapse and relapse so sometimes despite your best intentions and despite seeing all the goodness that comes from abstaining from things that don't serve you and to have new ways and strategies and tools to navigate stuff, you might slip back into some of the old ways. And I want to say this is completely normal and it is absolutely part of the process of change. Do not beat yourself up, okay? Do not start talking 
poorly to yourself, then kind of throwing it all in the trash, then you think, well, well, I can't do that. Let's just kind of double down and down kind of the rabbit hole you go. No, first of all, show yourself some grace. Change is hard. Okay, it is hard. And depending on how long you have been doing the unhelpful behavior, it takes time to learn a new way to change that reflex. Okay, so if you have spent 10 years, five years, three years, whatever it is, checking the rubbish, checking emails, sniffing clothes, checking bank statements, yelling, being passive aggressive. It is going to be a process to change that natural response. We are forming a new pathway here. So don't beat yourself up. Be kind to yourself. Show yourself some grace. And it is an opportunity to learn from what went on and get back on track. That being said, that is how we get to lapse and relapse. When we are actively trying to behave in new ways, respond in new ways, stop doing some things, start doing new things, we are going to have a slip up because we are human. And this is truly in anything that you are trying to change. So even take addiction out of it, whatever side you're on, it could be going to bed early. You have determined that your midnight bedtime is not serving you. You have determined that is a problem because you get up, you need to get up at 5 a.m. every day or the birds outside wake you up at 5 a.m. every day. So you determine that you need to go to bed at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, okay? And you do it and you're like, I feel great. This is not so hard anymore to wind down, switch off, go to bed early. And then you have a Netflix series that you're binging and then... Lo and behold, here you are, midnight, going back to bed. It is not a failure, okay? It is like, oh, what was going on here? How can I learn from that? How do I get back on track? Okay, so literally anybody that is trying to make changes in their life is going to have these slip-ups. But, you know, like typically we talk about lapse and relapse in the space of addiction and more specifically in relation to the person that is trying to make different choices for substances or behavior. But truly, the loved ones, we can relapse to and lapse. I just want to give a quick little mention to lapse and relapse. They are different. They are very much used interchangeably out there in the wonderful World Wide Web, but truly, they're not the same. A lapse is a slip-up. It is a slip up, an oops for a short period of time. A relapse, you have completely returned to your old behavior. You've completely lost sight of the changes you were trying to make, why you were making them, what was important to you, and you're back in it. So that is why we want to really capture any slip ups and oops moments and work out what we need to move forward, the support we need around us, to get back on track so we don't end up in a full-blown relapse. I hope that gives you a bit of a background to lapse and relapse. If I rewind back a few years and thought about these two words, they were just catastrophic. I was not interested in any lapse and relapse. I thought it was the worst possible thing. It was absolutely not in my agenda. 
that led to lying, secrecy, deception, all the things. When we are trying to make changes in our life, when we have determined that all the behaviors, and I want to say all these behaviors make sense, checking people's cars, logging into their emails, because you're worried it is fear, okay, and you're getting lied to, and we know why people lie, so we want to know the truth, and we don't trust ourselves because we're being lied to, and the gaslighting, and all the manipulation, so of course we want some kind of hard evidence as to kind of what exactly is going on. It makes sense. So let's just give ourselves a bit of grace there. It makes sense, but is it how you want to carry on? How is it serving you? And often when I speak to people that come into my coaching program, all this behavior is doing is giving them anxiety, truly. And lack of sleep, not present, they completely go offline with their kids because they're there in the bank statements, checking cards, checking all the things. And how is it serving you? So something to think about. What happened to me less than 24 hours ago? And here I am on a sad day recording a podcast. What went on? What happened was I had determined quite some time ago there was a behavior that I knew wasn't serving me. It wasn't helping the situation and it was causing me distress, okay? And it never went well. So believe in the patterns of behavior, people, your own. You show up a certain way, it goes a certain way and that keeps happening on repeat. So believe in the patterns. So that was happening. And what it was is, you know, someone would send me a message and it's not great, and I choose to ignore it, okay? That is in your control. That was in my control. I could have chosen to ignore it, and I did, and I did, and I did, and I have been for a good amount of time, and I have noticed in that time the goodness of not responding, the goodness of not putting fuel on the fire, So I already know the goodness. I have experienced it. I felt the change in the behavior, how it was serving me. Amazing. So good. However, last night I did not ignore the message and I responded. So the other person responded and then we were in it and it was like I couldn't stop and I did stop and I stopped and I went back again. Okay. And I knew it wasn't serving me and I kept doing it. And of course, the fire burnt the house down, so to speak, and a lot of not great things were said to me. And if I had just not responded to those initial messages, I wouldn't have had that backlash, right? I was getting worked up. I could feel it in my body. And what were the consequences? Not only did I feel like crap because I had some not very nice things said to me, I missed dinner. I missed a meal. I woke up hungry this morning. Okay. So if I had ignored those initial messages, I would have had dinner. I would have cleaned up my kitchen. I would have gone to bed feeling pretty good on a Friday night. And instead, I did not have dinner. I went to bed hungry and I was like annoyed at myself. So annoyed because I know better. Truly, I know better. But what I want to say is this stuff is hard. Okay, it is hard, especially when it's emotional. Consciously, 
I know not to respond to that stuff, but it was getting me in my big emotions. This is hard. So what did I do? I got curious. I was like, why did I do that? What was going on for me? What could I do differently next time? Okay, I didn't throw in the towel and then got into it. In my thinking of how what happened, I was proud of myself for staying above the line, which absolutely has not always been the case. There was that in my favor. So when these things happen, just get curious, show yourself some grace, show yourself some compassion, change is hard, what was going on, how can you tweak the plan, what could you do differently next time, what would be the signs that could indicate that you're about to do something that's not great, what I say to lovely people in the coaching program, you know, fast forward the tape, how is it going to feel in five minutes, how is it going to feel in 20 minutes, and sometimes we are just human and we falter, and that was me last night. I went to bed and I woke up the next day and often when these, and this happens very rarely for me now, and I messaged a few people who are in my close circle as I was doing this, (laughs) you know, as I was doing it, I woke up the next day. So that was this morning and I, it was like, did that happen? It was like a bad dream. I was like, yeah, that did happen. Hmm. I had choices along the way, right? I was choosing to do it. It was a choice. At any point, I could have put my phone down. I could have put my phone in the car. I could have turned it off. I could have put it on airplane mode. Anything. Hid in another room of the house. Anything I could have done in that moment. And I chose not to. Okay? I chose to keep engaging. This morning, I got up. And I kept to my plan of going to the gym, doing my good things, getting back on track because all is not lost. I am not now going to go into a relapse and go full blown. I engage in that every day now. I'm actually seeking it out and showing yourself that compassion that you so freely give other people around you when they make little slip ups and changes that they're trying to make. So that is my story on my own little lapse and I know better but I know it's helpful when I share this stuff so that you're not scared to slip up or seek support if you have slipped up and in the sober community a lot I see it a lot on Instagram you know people are celebrating or acknowledging massive milestones of sobriety which is just outstanding and there is not a lot of people kind of putting it out there that they had a slip up it's still great it is still great to be making changes and it is human to have slip ups and if you are intentional you have good support around you you have good strategies you're doing all the things to keep yourself in the good space, you will get back on the good bus quickly. Okay, truly. And so I know it's hard when there's people around you celebrating and people are, and even when you're on, you know, you love someone struggling with addiction and your person 
maybe got to six months, a year, their 30 days, their two weeks, whatever it is, and you see people usually on Instagram saying, oh, five years or I'm 10 years this, and it can be disheartening because all you want is for your person to achieve that too. And I will do a whole other podcast on this, but think about other ways you can measure success. Okay, number of days is not the only measure of success. And some people who are abstaining, which is no small thing, aren't actually living. Okay, so look at all the different ways in which we can measure success. I don't consider myself like back to square one today. I'm not now on day one because I had a slip up yesterday. I am whatever amount of days into my decision to not be on that roller coaster. I'm not on day one today, right? So I would encourage you to think about how you can measure your success in many ways, not just counting days, and to pick yourself up when you falter because you're human and I am human and we will stumble we will stumble and it's important to keep coming back dust yourself off look to the people around you who can support you tweak your plan think about what was going on what could you do differently next time and then get back at it I'm not telling myself how crap I am today because I didn't maintain my good behavior I'm like yeah, it sucks I'm annoyed at myself but I'm not berating myself. And I got back on the bus. So I just wanted to share what turned out not to be a very quick episode, but lapse and relapse changes hard. It is not a single event. It is a process. It is a journey. And over time, it is easier. The stronger you get in forming these new behaviors and the more distance you put between you and the behaviors that don't serve you, it gets easier. You have evidence in your evidence bank to tell you that this new good behavior is so much better. And I felt yuck last night. I felt yuck. My heart was racing. I was in the self-doubt. And I feel so good when I don't engage in that crap. So I have a lot of evidence that tells me how good I feel when I ignore it when I don't feel the fire. So you will get that too. When we're making changes and we're doing the good things and it's not so hard anymore and you're in maintenance and you notice the benefit of these new behaviors, it is not that hard anymore. Okay, but knowing that you're human too. And me, I am also just human. It's easy to put yourself on a pedestal, especially when you're on the side of addiction that you should be able to do better and show yourself some grace. Okay, change is hard. So I hope that was helpful. Sing out if you need some support or you'd like to find out more about the coaching program and let me know what behaviors are you currently thinking? Yeah, that doesn't serve me. Maybe I could think about changing that. Let me know. So thank you for joining me here at Addiction Makes 3, the podcast. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you found this to be helpful or insightful, I would sincerely appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast as it helps others find it. 
If you would like to get in touch with me with thoughts, feedback, or queries, you can send me an email. And if you would like to know more about working with me, details can be found in the show notes too. So thanks for staying kind and I will speak to you soon. Bye.